0: Uh, This morning, we are beginning a new series called Road Trip. Um, On kickoff Sunday next month, we are launching our new vision and direction for TFRC, and we've started sharing it with some of our ministry leadership teams, and it's generating um, excitement for what God has for us uh, next. Um, The new vision builds upon our previous vision of a vibrant community passionately modeling the life of Jesus Christ throughout the Magic Valley. our series Road Trip is a lead up to that fall vision kickoff. Anytime you take a road trip, there are things that you can expect to happen on the road, uh, things that you do in the car to pass the time, uh, you know, snacks and pit stops. Uh, someone asking, are we there yet? Um, when you go on a road trip, uh, you need to get ready for all of the things that happen on a road trip. Um, God is leading to a TFRC on a new journey. And we are using this series to get ready to go where God um, wants to take us next. Now, one thing common to road trips is GPS. Um, GPS is essential for traveling to a place you've never been to before. And yes, we all have stories, like the video, where GPS can lead us astray, although that one might have been the driver's fault. Um, But for the most part, GPS is great to have on a road trip. Uh, The scripture this morning is Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Exodus is the second book uh, in the Bible, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Exodus, uh, or if you just want to use your phones to find Exodus chapter 3, you can do that as well. Um, But in Exodus 3, that is the story of Moses and the burning bush, where God calls Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, our Scripture reader this morning is Dave Harvey. Dave, if you can make your way on up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to ask if you are able, please stand and face the center of the room. Uh, we read from the center of the room to remind us that Scripture is to be central in our lives, and we stand because we believe this is the Word of God. And so, Dave, whenever you're ready, please read from Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Go, assemble the elders of Israel, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you, and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and a land flowing with milk and honey. Dave, thank you very much. You may be seated. Um, I'm going to just have us begin with a very non-threatening discussion question. You can stay uh, seated where you are if you want to kind of join the people who are sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you. Um, But I just want you to share with those in close proximity to you, what kind of vacationer are you? What kind of vacationer are you? Are you the vacation kind of person who will go and do, or are you the vacation kind of person who will go and kick back? Okay, so if you're the go and do kind of vacationer, okay, if you're going to go to Yellowstone Uh, You're going to want to see as much as possible, as efficiently as you can. You're going to want to see Old Faithful and Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and Yellowstone Lake and Mammoth Hot Springs and uh, Grand Prismatic Spring and the Continental Divide. And you're going to want to see as many bison and bear and elk and deer and wolves and bald eagles as you possibly can. Or if you're going to and you go to Disneyland, you're going to hit Space Mountain and Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain and Star Tours and the United Jones Ride and the Tiki Room and and, um, the Jungle Cruise and the Haunted House and the Peter Pan Ride and Autotopia and the submarine ride, which is now Finding Nemo. And it's a small world, and you're going to catch all the shows. You get up early. You stay out late. You see the sights. You hit the trails. Vacation equals things to do, places to see. Let's go, go, go. Now, if you're the kickback kind of vacationer, you hang around the pool or the cabin or the condo or the campfire. You play games. You eat. You sleep. You hang out. You do whatever. Vacation equals slowing down and resting. Now, I'm more of a kickback and relaxed kind of vacationer. Not that I do nothing on vacation, but for every day of planned activity, I want at least one day of doing nothing. Um, so, with those around you, share what kind of vacationer you are. Are you a go and do, or are you a go and kick back? All right? And go. Now, God is a God on the move. While God is a God of rhythm... Okay, remember the Sabbath, that's very important. Okay, but God is not just content sitting in one place. He's really not content letting us stay in one place. God is a God of adventure and is always taking us on another journey. And if you think about it, the Bible is full of journeys, of people going somewhere. Um, Adam and Eve cast out of the garden, or Noah and his boat adventure, or um, Abraham leaving his home for a new land, or Jacob and Joseph going to Egypt, or the whole story of the Exodus, which is like the biggest journey in the whole Bible, um, or the Israelites conquering and settling the promised land, or when the nation of Israel is taken into captivity in exile. Uh, In the New Testament, Jesus is always going somewhere to do something, And then Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world. And the book of Acts is about the journeys of Peter and the other disciples and Apostle Paul. In fact, much of the book of Acts is called the missionary journeys of Paul. And every journey, every trip that you see in the Bible is initiated by God. I want you to go here and do this. I want you to go there and do that. Now the good news is, is every journey God wants to take us on, he, is, he always has something good in mind. Even with things like the fall, or the exile, or the crucifixion, there is something good in mind even in the painful journeys. So the next journey God has for us, there is something good in mind. And when you go on a journey, when you take a road trip, Uh, When you are using GPS, you need to know at least three things, okay? On a road trip using GPS, before you go anywhere, the first thing you need to know is uh, where you are, (laughs) where you are. You have to know where you are. Going back to the passage Dave just read, going to verse 16 of Exodus chapter 3, where um, God says, go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. The Israelites were in Egypt, and at the time, Egypt was the superpower of the world. And what made them rich, what made Egypt rich, was their lush farming land, The Nile River runs through Egypt, and every year it would flood, and it would flood for miles in each direction. And when the flood would recede, what was left behind was a super fertile land. And every year because of that super fertile land, there was an abundance of crops, which is what led to their wealth. Um, A few years ago, I and a few others of us from TFRC were in Egypt, and you could still see where that farmland was due to the Nile, even though it doesn't flood anymore, okay? Um, here's, one of the, here's a picture that gives us a great idea of what that looks like, okay? I'm standing on a hill overlooking a part of Egypt, and you can see where the brown ends and the green begins. And that green lush land goes on for miles and miles and miles. Um, you can, again, you can clearly see where the farmland starts, and it goes from dead to lush almost immediately. There's a clear dividing line that you can see. Um, now, after taking this picture, if I was standing and taking this picture that way, I turned around and I took another picture that way, and that way looked like that. Um, it was desolate. Outside... Of the lush farmland of the Nile Basin, it was desolate. Now, the Israelites, they lived in a place of Egypt called Goshen, and it was a very prosperous place to live. And the contrast, again, it's very stark. Because, again, if I were to turn around, if I were to go look from that direction and see that, and turn around again, I see that lush green land. You are in the rich farmland of Egypt and the glory of Egypt was magnificent, and the pyramids and the temples and all of their grand structures, Um, that land that you see is what made all of that possible. And as great as it was, as great as Egypt was for the Israelites, it became a land of slavery. They were mistreated, This place caused them great harm. They weren't people there. They were slaves. Um, And the same place that was the land of plenty was sucking the life out of them. And God says, I have watched over you in Egypt. Now this idea of watching over isn't just kind of standing off at a distance sort of like what I'm doing here and just seeing what's going on. The idea of watching over comes with the idea of looking out for or paying attention to or caring about or being ready to act. It's sort of like when our young kids are playing in a pool and parents are watching over them. It's that kind of watching over. Well, God was watching over the Israelites. And where were the Israelites? Israelites. They were in a land of plenty, having the life sucked out of them. 1 Corinthians 13 says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. You know, we are challenged to know where we are in our faith. You know, the group of, there was a group of eight of us that worked on the new vision and direction for TFRC, and one of the questions that we asked ourselves was, who are we? as a community of faith, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because we can't go anywhere until we know where we are. Do you know where you are in your faith? Do you know what is bringing life to your faith? Do you know what is draining life from your faith? Is it possible that you are in your own Egypt and you are in a place where the things that are the source of your plenty are sucking the life out of you? When was the last time you kind of just looked around at your faith and said, hmm, where am I? (laughs) Where am I? Where are you in your faith journey? Because you can't go to where God has next for you until you know where you are. Now, when you're using GPS, you have to know where you are, and you have to know where you're going. You need to know where you're going. Um, In this encounter with Moses, God does something remarkable here. We all heard it, and none of us blinked an eye. But he does something remarkable. He tells Moses exactly where he is taking them. Look again at verse 17. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now the reason I find this so amazing that God tells them exactly where he's taking them is because God almost never tells us the big picture for our lives He never gives us that much of a notice of what he's going to do that far into the future. It would be like God telling a high school student, you're going to be a doctor, or telling a newly married couple, you're going to have three kids, a boy and two girls, or telling someone at the beginning of their career, you are going to retire at the age of 62. We never get that kind of direction from God that far out. Now, we often want to know the big picture for our lives, But God never gives it to us. God often just says, I'm not giving you the big picture. Here's the next step. (laughs) Just do the next step. Now, he tells the Israelites exactly where he's going to take them. And now that they know where they are going, they can take the shortest path, right? Uh, No, that's not what happens, for those of you who know the story. There are a couple of routes they could have taken, okay? And just let me show you a couple of those routes, Okay, the first route, go ahead and put that on the screen. Okay, the green route that you see, okay, let me just kind of show you what you're looking at. On the left part of the screen where the green route begins, that's Egypt. Egypt, you should be able to see where it says Goshen there. And they go through the desert and the wilderness, and they basically, the green line ends at the south part of what is now the land of Israel. You can see the Dead Sea to the right there of the end of the green line. If they would have followed that green route, it would have taken them less than two weeks to get to the promised land, even on foot. Okay? Um, There's another route they could have taken. That's going to be an orange line. Go ahead and show that route. Okay? Um, That orange route would have taken about the same amount of time, maybe a little longer, but still would have been less than two weeks. But they end up taking the red route. Go ahead and put the red route on there. Okay? This is the way they go. Keep watching. Keep watching. Keep watching. Okay. Um, It took them 40 years. Now, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But here's a bottom line, okay? Is that when the Israelites saw where God was taking them, they didn't want to go. We want God to show us the big picture for our lives. You want to know one of the reasons why God doesn't show us the big picture for our lives? It's because if we knew everything we were going to experience in our whole lives, we would never go. Okay? Think about it. Now, I'm the lead pastor here at TFRC. I love where God has me. But if I would have known the journey to get here when I first started, I never would have followed God's leading. Never, ever, ever, ever. Now, let me explain okay? It took me five years to get my bachelor's degree, and in that five years, I was always doing some kind of ministry. And then after that, on top of those five years, it took me nine years to become ordained in the Reformed Church. It usually only takes three to four years. I'm kind of slow, right? It took me nine years. In the entire nine years, I'm doing some kind of ministry. And then after that, I served here, you all know this, for 15 years um, before taking my current ro- role here. Now, Um, Looking back, that journey was great, especially the 15 years that I was here before I became the lead pastor. But if you would have told me at the age of 18, "Hey, in 30 years you're going to arrive at a place where God wants you to be," I would have said, "30 years? You crazy? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to do something else." Which is why God says, "Just trust me for the next step. Just trust me for the next step." Now, quick uh, qualifier, I also know that while I've arrived at this place where God wants me, there is more journey to come I really haven't even fully arrived yet. I get that too. Now, again God probably hasn't given you the big picture but God will show you at least the next step of where you need to go and so regardless of how much God has shown you where is God wanting to take you? Where is God wanting to take you? And here's a little hint. It will, will, wherever God is wanting to take you next, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. You see, we are very interested in being comfortable. God really doesn't care about our comfort, okay? Doesn't really care about that. He wants to take us on a journey. And so if your answer to where is God wanting to take you If your answer to that doesn't take you out of your comfort zone, you have the wrong answer. Okay? Um, So we need to know where we are. Uh, We need to know where we are going, or at least the next step. And then the last thing we just need to know is, you know, it's time to get on board. (laughs) You have to know. It is time. Now is the time to get on board. God tells Moses... I am bringing you to a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, I am bringing you to a good place. I am bringing you to a better place. As I said earlier, that's the good news. God is always leading us to a better place. He always wants to bring you to a better place than you currently are in right now. That's the good news. Again, the group of eight of us that worked on the new vision, one of the questions we asked was, who does God want us to be? And we knew whatever the answer to that was, it was going to be a better place. Because that is what God does. Takes us to better places. And it is vital to remember that. That God wants to lead us to a better place. We need to look back often in our lives, and remember how God has been good to us. To see what God has brought us through. To recognize that because we got on board to where God was leading, we are now in a better place than we used to be. And it's vital to remember that because God is going to lead us to scary places. God is going to lead us to painful places. Remember these two pictures. The Israelites were in that lush green land. And God said, hey, I'm here to save you. And I'm going to take you to, uh, we're going to go there. (laughs) To that bottom picture. I'm going to save you by taking taking you out of that lush green place, and I'm going to save you by taking you to that desolate place. And just so you know, um, it gets worse, because they have to traverse through a desert that looks like this. Okay? God says, I'm going to save you, and this is where we're going. Now, I would have said... Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure I want your salvation, God. I'm not sure that's really what I'm interested in. You know, there have been times in all of our lives when God has led us to hard places, where we've experienced things that are just flat-out painful. And when we experience those things, we are not too sure we want to keep following God. And if you've ever questioned trusting God on his path, well, you're in really good company because you know, you know who else who questioned God's path? <laughs> Jesus did. Remember just before the cross when Jesus was praying and he said, Father, if possible, take this cup from me? Jesus prayed what all of us have prayed or at least thought um, God, does this have to be the way? Isn't there another way? When the Israelites got to the edge of the promised land, God sent spies to check it out. And the spies came back, and this is what happened. Numbers 13, where it says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, The land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size. The Israelites took the step of faith to leave Egypt. They trusted God each step of the way through the desert. But when the time came for them to enter the promised land, they forgot that God was always leading them to a better place. They forgot to remember. All the things God had gotten them through already. And they were not willing to take that final step of faith. And so God said, fine, I'll wait 40 years until a new generation is ready. Which is why it took them 40 years to take that red path. TFRC, we have taken many steps of faith in our history. I can't even begin to count them all. But we are not done. God is calling us yet to another journey. And I'm asking all of us to begin to pray that our hearts will be ready for what that is. And in your own life, remember God's goodness to you. And remember, he is leading you to take another step. And even if that next step is a painful one or leads you to a painful place, He always has your good in mind. What step of faith do you have to take to get on board? What is that next step for you? Please pray with me. Lord, as we do remember, as we look back in our lives, Lord, we can see your goodness to us. And Lord, help that uh, encourage our hearts. For Lord, um, you often ask us to take steps that we either, A, aren't that thrilled to take, or B, are too busy to take, or for some other reason, we're just too scared to take. But Lord, I would ask that you would encourage us by reminding us of the mighty ways you've acted in our past and reminded us that your goodness never ends, that you are looking to lead us to yet our new, better place. Lord, we thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.